Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kenny Albert. You're listening to the Broadway Hat Podcast with your host, Kyle Hall, the number one podcast for all things Rangers hockey. Welcome back to the Broadway Hat Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hall, and playoff hockey is finally here. The New York Rangers will host the Pittsburgh Penguins at MSG, kicking off their series Tuesday night. And I cannot wait for the lights to dim in MSG and for this song to start playing. I'm gonna, I, I, that the song does not give you chills thinking about the New York Rangers coming out on the ice to 18,000 Ranger fans ready to roll. I mean, I cannot wait for game one to get started. This year is going to be great. The Rangers and Penguins... Uh, we're going back and forth most of the year this year in the standings, and the Rangers finally pulled away from the Penguins. Towards the end of the year, the Penguins are coming to the playoffs. like Not the hottest of teams, only 5-4-1 in the last 10 games. They kind of are limping in. Um, yeah, they've only beaten one playoff team in regulation, I think, since like, Mar- like middle of March. Uh, so they've only got six wins against playoff teams in the last two months, and I think only three of them have come in regulation. So... You know, from a team where the Rangers early in the year were a team that were kind of labeled as they couldn't beat a playoff team, and then they started running through some playoff teams towards the middle of the year and towards the end, the Penguins are now kind of getting labeled as a team that can't beat uh, playoff teams either. Um, You know, the Rangers had a very good record against the Penguins this year, 3-1 the regular season, outscoring the Pens 11-3. Igor Shosturkin was fantastic in all their matchups against them. The one win by the Penguins came when Tristan Jari uh, had a 1-0 shutout, and he looks like he's going to be out for some kind of time, uh, we have a we have two fantastic guests this week to kind of preview the series for us. We have uh, Josh Getzoff, the radio voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins. He stops in to kind of give us his thoughts on the series. And then uh, Matt Vensel, who is the uh, Penguins beat reporter for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. They both do an unbelievable job covering the Penguins. So uh, it's great to get their perspective from the other side looking in. And we talk about you know their keys to the series. And uh, kind of, you know, the chippiness that ended with Igor waving uh, the Penguins off the ice in the last matchup and what kind of carryover that will be. But, you know, from my perspective, this series, the biggest matchup I think is going to come down to the power play. Rangers have the you know number three power play in hockey. The Penguins have the number three penalty kill in hockey. The Rangers power play has really carried them through most of the season. If the Penguins shut down the Rangers' power play this series, that could be a major issue. I know the Rangers have been scoring better 5-on-5 five five since the All-Star break when they had Vitrano and Cop additions came in really helped 
them a five on five scoring, but I think it still runs through the power point. I think if the Rangers can't take advantage of uh, you know, the the five on fours or the five on threes against Pittsburgh, it's gonna be an issue. And um you know, I know just Smith seems like he's gonna be the goalie going forward, but he has played really well in Jari's absence. He's got a nine forty save percentage since August fourth sorry, since April fourteenth when Jari went down with his injury. So he stepped up, but you know, it's playoff hockey. He has zero play of experience. Igor's got the one game in the bubble, if you can count that. But the Rangers are back at MSG for the first time in five years having a playoff game. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. What, uh, the season, just the magical season, yeah, there's a, you can draw some parallels. And you, you always try to draw parallels to the 94 team. That's just something Ranger fans will naturally do because you want those great times back. And you know, The Rangers had 52 wins, which matches the 94 team. They had their highest goal scorer score 52 goals in Chris Kreider, the same number as Adam Graves. You know, there's this, you know, these little stupid little things that are the same, uh, the same things as 94 that you kind of, you know, a, a head coach for the first year, you know, first year head coach Gallant and Mike Keenan. So there's little things that you can point to that, oh, hey, you know, maybe the Magic will hit twice. And, and man, I hope so. I am, I was talking this morning and I, this is, I'm now all in. I mean, I'm always all in on this team. But I would have said if you get to the conference finals, it'll be a win. I am now I am all in. If they this team is you look at their depth, I was looking at you know, we're recording this now Monday, Monday early, early Monday morning. And I think if you look at this team, you look at where where they've come from. I mean, they got Kako Capo now back healthy. He's not even in the rotation of the second power play. They have really solidified this top six and re- really the whole depth of the up front. I mean, they have, they have four strong lines to the point where you don't know who, you know, someone who's been in the lineup all year is not going to play in certain games in this playoffs. And I think they're the, on the defensive side. There's they've, you know, the second lowest goals allowed, obviously Igor has been a large part of that, but the defense has stepped up huge. You got obviously Fox and Lindgren have been fantastic. Truba's had by far his best year as a Ranger. I mean, he's had such an incredible season. Keandre Miller, his growth this season has been incredible. I mean, Braden Schneider stepping up, you know, kind of coming to the team, playing the last 40 games of the year. A guy who you thought, oh, maybe he'll get a call up in the year and see what he can do. I mean, he has solidified that back end of that last line. Then you got Patrick Nemeth and Justin Braun kind of rotating in with Schneider, who's like crazy enough, has locked down that number five spot. You know, he got rotated out one game and he went right back in the lineup and has not left. Um, I mean, he's, it's, I had him, I posted on Twitter this week, like, who's your biggest surprise? And obviously, Kreider scoring 52 goals is easy. Um, you know, Igor, I thought he was going to have a big season in my preseason preview. You know, I said I think he, he could be top five Vesna. Obviously, he's going to win the Vesna going away. But Brayden Schneider kind of coming in out of nowhere from Hartford. Not out of nowhere, but coming in from Hartford and making the impact he did as a young defenseman. And usually you don't see young defensemen really excel the way he did. It takes a year or two. Uh, you know, Adam Fox obviously had a fantastic rookie season. His second year, that's when he took off. Keandre Miller is now taking off. You know, Brain Schneider coming in and playing that well early, it's been it's so impressive what he's done. And this Rangers team is it's so deep, and they play for each other. And you look at that bottom six with Barkley Goodrow now in that bottom six. It, they are so solid. They go roll with the kid line now for the third line, which I love that. I love seeing the kid line out there. They've played well in the last couple games together too. So it. It's so exciting. I am so pumped up for this playoffs to start. See how this Rangers team can do. Uh, like I said, I, I really think you look at these teams, you know, Pittsburgh, 
I hate that they're the slight favorite because of all the success Pittsburgh's had and these veterans they have here who have won three Stanley Cups in this team. But, you know, the Rangers, they've handled Pittsburgh well this year. They get through Pittsburgh, and then you have a battle with Carolina most likely, and I think that's a team the Rangers, you know, it's going to be that's going to be the most difficult line, you know, battle, I think, is Carolina. And if they get through that series, you're probably going to play a Florida or Tampa, who you've played extremely well against in, in the regular season. You're going to have Igor Shosturkin, the best goalie in hockey. And that's what you need. Your goalie gets hot. It can carry you all the way. Look at Carey Price last year. That Canadian team, without him this year, fell apart. But he kept them going through that postseason. He carried them to a, you know, to a Stanley Cup appearance. So it's all in the goal thing. If Igor Shosturkin can play the way he is, I mean, this team, there's no limit to what they can do. And I think they have the pieces this year, and they have the depth. It's so exciting. It is so exciting. I cannot wait. And like I said, we have two fantastic interviews here uh, with two of the best coverage people in Pittsburgh for the Penguins. Give you a great perspective from the Pittsburgh side and what they see and what their keys to the series are. So let's send over to our interviews with Josh and Matt right now. We are now joined by the radio voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Josh Getzoff. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me on. Great to be with you. So you're you're live from practice there. We're hearing some heavy slap shots there in the background. Who's on the ice right now? Uh, the guys are starting to trickle out. As you and I are speaking right now, we're at our last practice here in Pittsburgh before getting on a plane to New York for game one. So I would say the, the main noises you're hearing right now are Mark Friedman and Drew O'Connor, uh, who have just jumped onto the ice. They're the first couple guys out there just warming up Casey to Smith. So uh, it is uh, – it was only going to escalate, and I can move rooms mid-recording if we need to. So, we'll Mark Freeman endured himself the Ranger fans that last game against the Rangers when he went after Igor and a couple and uh, Chris Kreider there. So I'm sure Ranger fans will love to see him game one back in the Garden. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely um, made a reputation for himself in pretty short order as being a bit of an antagonist. So uh, he definitely has molded that role all to himself with the Tigers. Now, let's talk about your season this year. So this is your first year as a full-time uh, radio voice, the Penguins. You follow in the footsteps of legendary Hall of Fame broadcaster, uh, Mike Lang, who's unbelievable, obviously uh, instrumental in the, in the hockey, uh, the, growing the hockey game there in Pittsburgh. So what's this year been like in your first year? It's been unbelievable. I mean, I, I think that one of the things that I was a beneficiary of when it comes to Mike because I'm going to move away from those pucks blasting because I can barely hear myself. This is better. Uh, one of the one of the things I was a beneficiary of when it comes to Mike is that he and I became very um, pretty much my first year in Pittsburgh. Uh, we were at a um, uh, like a training camp for a little bit. Uh, this was in 2015. Uh, and he asked me, you know, where are you from? What have you been up to? And, you know, what's your age? And I told him I was 27. And he, he kind of bumped me with his shoulder. He goes, that's how old I was when I came to Pittsburgh. <laughs> and so I feel like we always kind of had a little bit of a connection on that front. And he really took me under his wing uh, the better part of the last handful of years. He obviously, you know, granted me the opportunity to take over his chair when he decided to step back from traveling. And then uh, over the last couple of years, really scaled it back. COVID played a role in that role in that last year with him only doing a couple of regular season games and a couple of postseason games. And it's provided me the opportunity to jump in. And, uh, you know, I, I have a great rapport and friendship with Phil Bork, our color guy and former Ranger. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we've we've had a blast and it's just been an unbelievable experience, you know, throughout. 
We've tried to get Phil on the show. We we haven't been able to connect on schedules yet. But now, now that I got your ear, I got we got to get him on soon too because uh, he obviously is our former Ranger as well. We'd love to hear his stories. I know he's beloved there in Pittsburgh as well. Yes, he is. He is. Uh, he's on billboards. He's on. He's on posters. Anything you can name. The old two niners <laughs> got his face on it here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> so th- I think this is your seventh season overall with the Penguins. Is that correct? And then you've won, uh, you've been there for two cups as well. So you've been a little bit of good luck charm there since you've been there. Yeah. You know, it's funny. My first year they won my second year, they won. And, uh, I told this story before, but Mike, after they won the second year, we were in Nashville and I was getting set to do the post game show. Uh, and he just kind of looked at me and started laughing. I was like, what, Mike, what is it? And he goes, two years and two cups. You're like Yager. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we, we've always joked about that. And, uh, you know, the nice part is, I think when you when you come into that kind of a situation, you couldn't come into a better situation, right? Like one from a winning perspective, but also from an atmosphere and a culture perspective, you meet people at their highest of highs. So you see everybody in the best possible situation they could be in. The last couple of years haven't been like that uh, with the first round exits and the upset in the bubble uh, against Montreal. So it's been interesting to see people kind of swing the roller coasters of emotion over the last handful of years, but it's been a blast. Like I said, you know, to, to have those two championships that I was a part of and then to, you know, be a part of the story of the last handful of years as well. It's been a lot of fun. So some of those Rangers Penguins series playoff hockey's back, which obviously everyone loves first time. The Rangers are back in five years. If you don't count that bubble qualifying, whatever the Penguins have been there 16 years in a row. This is all news to Penguins fans. How excited is this town for Pittsburgh ready for this playoffs? Obviously, kind of limping into the playoffs here is there a lot of optimism around this team or is it kind of like oh we're there again i think it's a little bit of both depending on who you talk to kyle now i'm an eternal optimist (laughs) so i'm just excited to be back in the playoffs i think it's you know i think it's something when you talk about the 16 years in a row and you think about that in the context of it being in the salary cap era it's insane what they've been able to do uh and keep this core together and keep the success together uh they've obviously won three stanley cups in that time frame They've been to the final another time on top of those cup wins. Uh, so they, they've, you know, they've been at the peak of the NHL here for the better part of the last two decades, which is kind of insane when you think about it, just from a consistency standpoint. But coming to this particular run, I think it's interesting. You know, obviously, I'm sure we'll get into it, but there's no Tristan Jari, at least to start this series for the Penguins. And that, that was a big storyline all season long in the sense of, aside from Igor Levski and Jacob Markstrom, Jari maybe was the fourth goalie in that Vesna mm-hmm. conversation for a lot of the season. Uh, so, you know, he was a guy that was really playing well for the Penguins and really backboned them throughout a lot of the course of the season when they dealt with some injuries to their key players up front, uh, and some COVID issues like every team did throughout the year. Uh, but without him, I think that that has people a little bit leery going into this series. I caution against that, though, because my mind, Kyle, and I, I know it's unbelievable. We weren't totally sure that coming into the first couple games against the Rangers, he shut Phil Bork and I up pretty quick. He was uh, unbelievably good in those first few matchups. And uh, I think anyone who gets the chance to watch him live is immediately blown away by his flexibility. I don't think he has uh, any joints in his hips. I think they just dislodge and his legs shoot out right and left. Um, But he's unbelievably good. But just like every other team, aside from the lightning, the goalie has not had the experience in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And if they have, in the case of the Florida Panthers and Sergei Bobrovsky, they haven't been very good. Yeah. So I think you could make any argument for any team that goaltending is a question mark just because it hasn't been on this stage. Now, the to that because of how good Shostakhin has been. 
But uh, that's kind of, I think when people look at this series, the first thing they're looking at is Shesterkin and DeSmith. And that's why maybe in Pittsburgh, they're a little leery. But playoffs, you know, crazier things have happened before. What are the chances we see Tristan Jari hit the ice? Obviously, Mike Sullivan announced on Sunday morning that he was out at least games one and two, but he hasn't even skated yet. He's got a broken foot with for any goaltender. That's a major issue, obviously, with pushing off and everything. Uh, do you think we see him this series? Do you think it's going to be kind of like a uh, a Willis-Reed-style game six comes out of the uh, locker room at <laughs> to save the series for Pittsburgh? What happens here? You know, that's a, that's a great question. That would be, that would be some kind of moment, by the way, if that didn't happen. <laughs> um, but I, I, I get the feeling, and this is just my opinion. I have no inside information here, but from Tristan Jari's perspective, and you know, Kyle, like as a goalie, you want to be on the ice. You want to see pucks. I haven't seen him on the ice, which means that, that doesn't necessarily mean he hasn't been on the ice. I know he's been rehabbing, but to be off ice stuff and rehabbing that lower body injury and trying to get back on the ice. And then once you're on the ice, you want to see a couple of skates and see how your body responds to it. And then once you do that, you want to practice with the team. There's not that much time in the Stanley Cup playoffs, <laughs> especially in this series. We're tomorrow night. So my theory and my just thought is that he's not going to be available. I don't know that for sure. Mike Sullivan has ruled him out for sure for the first two games. Now he very well could jump on the ice in Pittsburgh on Friday afternoon after the first two games. And then all of a sudden, Game four, game five becomes a possibility. Uh, but right now, we haven't seen him. And until we see him, I can't say that I feel like he's going to be a part of this series. I, I, that's huge. I think that's huge. Like you said, he's been so good all year. But DeSmith hasn't been terrible. He's got a 940 save percentage since Jari's been out. So he's stepped up. Um, but I think in the goaltending matchup of Igor versus Smith, you probably favor Igor there based off of the incredible season he's had. But the Penguins also got a guy named Sidney Crosby who's still getting it done. Night in and night out gives Ranger. I mean, for the last whatever 20 years he's been in the NHL, he's been giving Ranger fans nightmares. Had 84 points again this year in 69 games. The guy is just a machine. I mean, how good is he night in and night out for you to watch him? Is the incredible things he does. It, I mean, machine's the correct word because he takes care of his body so well, he prepares so well. You know, I mean, obviously, Rangers fans have seen it firsthand. Not quite as bad as Islander fans as far as the head-to-head production is concerned, but uh, they've seen it firsthand how good Sidney Crosby can be and how just consistent he's been throughout his career. Another point-per-game season. Uh, you know, he's, he's next year he's going to become the longest-tenured Penguin ever, has surpassing Mario Lemieux when he hits the ice. So he is the Penguins, uh, for better, uh, yeah. you know, for all intents and purposes. And he's been so consistent this year in particular, I think, amidst – a season that began with him missing the first handful of games after the wrist surgery. And then of course, getting COVID he played one game and then came down with COVID and was out. Um, so it was pretty you know, insane to think about the fact that he essentially missed the first month of the season. And then he comes back and he puts up 84 points. That's, that's a pretty, pretty good number for a guy that a lot of people are, I think are waiting to write that obituary column yeah. on as far as his career is concerned. And he keeps shutting them up every single year. So I will say this, you know, as far as this series and this particular playoff year is concerned, Sidney Crosby's been a little bit more open to the media the last couple of times he's spoken about this being the possibility of it being the last run with Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin. And those are his best friends. Like he's grown up with those guys. Him and Letang are really close. Him and Gino obviously are, are linked at the hip and Pittsburgh tradition and history. So uh, I do think that, there's something to that too, as far as him getting ready for this playoff run. Now the regular season, the Rangers had the side of edge there and the, the matchups in the regular season 
outscoring the Penguins 11 to three. A couple games were a little bit blowouts. The one win they had was the Jari one nothing shutout, which was incredible on ABC uh, in prime time. But what are your takeaways from that regular season matchups going into the postseason? I know you can't hang your hat on regular season. Obviously, it's a whole new ball game now. But obviously, there's some takeaways from that. There are. I, to me, I mean, you, you look at both teams. So I think from the Ranger perspective, it is obvious that Chris Drury hit a home run at the trade deadline and getting Andrew Kopp. Like that guy is, he's a perfect fit for that team. And I'm not going to lie. That was a guy here in Pittsburgh that we were like, oh, he'd be nice. <laughs> and when he went to the Rangers, we were like, okay. Um, but, you know, Penguins did all right in getting Ricard Raquel yeah. too, who's been a nice fit here in Pittsburgh. So I think it's two teams that definitely got better at the trade deadline. For me, obviously, my point being that that game on, in February when Tristan Jari shut out the Rangers was pre-Cop and pre-Raquel uh, and everything that came with that. The last couple of games since Cop has joined the fold, since um, Tyler Mott was in there, I know he got hurt in that last meeting between the two teams, but those guys that have been added to the depth of the forward group for the New York Rangers, they've looked like a different team to me. They looked a little deeper to me. Uh, I think Barclay Goudreau has been a perfect signing for them as well as far as what he's brought to the table. So... I look at those matchups, those last three, and there are two things that jump out to me. First of all, and I'm not making excuses, just the reality, the two games that were played in New York, the first game there was no Evgeny Malkin. The second game there was no Sidney Crosby. They both had that mysterious stomach bug that swept through the team for – I got it, actually, by the way, for the month of April. I don't know if you heard that story. I was in the middle of calling a game against the Red Wings, and it hit me. It was not fun. So I can't imagine trying to play a hockey game. Um, but, uh, you know – the last game between the two teams in Pittsburgh, the Penguins had the four centers and that's been their calling card this whole year. Let's get those four guys. Let's get them all healthy in the sense of Crosby, Malkin, Bluger, and Carter. And they lost that game. So that to me is interesting because that's the one game that if I was going to look at the four of the season series and say, okay, that's the Penguins team that we're closest to seeing as far as the playoffs, they lost that game three to two. I think they scored a power play goal to make it 3-2, but the Rangers kind of had control of that game for a lot of it. Um, so, you know, listen, the, the regular season means a lot, but it doesn't mean everything. Because last year the Penguins went 6-2 and two against the New York Islanders, and they didn't lose at home. They lost 2-3 or three in the playoffs to the New York Islanders in the Stanley Cup playoffs at home and lost the series in six games. So it's, it's not everything, but it definitely means something. And that game to me where they had the four centers, I've been kind of watching the video back of that game and, it's been interesting to, to process it because I think that's the one that you're like, okay, this is as close to what we're going to see the Penguins look like. How did they look? And the Rangers were better in that game. So what, what's your biggest key to this series? Is there any, like, what are your biggest key points that you're going to talk about on the, the broadcast? I think the easy thing is Casey to Smith, just because it's the obvious one. It's almost the low hanging fruit because mm -hmm. if he plays out of his mind, who's to say the Penguins can't win this series. If he plays well, who's to say the Penguins can't win this series. Like, I was just talking to somebody earlier today before you and I spoke, Kyle, and so they were like, are we going to see Louis Domingue? I said, if we see Louis Domingue, things went really bad. <laughs> and that's no disrespect to Louis Domingue, but this is Casey DeSmith's net to take and own for this series. So uh, I, I do think that that's probably the biggest storyline for me. The other thing is going to be a little bit of a wrinkle that came into the Penguins game in the better part of the last month, which has not been overly exciting for them, and that's been their defensive play. Their power play, or penalty kill, rather, has allowed a power play going three of the last four games of the year, and they're starting to allow a lot more traffic in front of the net. When I think of the New York Rangers, and I think of guys like Chris Kreider that want to get to the net, Barclay Goudreau, that could be a problem for the Penguins, and that's going to be an area that I think the Rangers could potentially take advantage of in this series. Now, 
they did in the regular season as well. They have some bodies that are not afraid to go to that area. Casey DeSmith's a smaller guy. He's only six foot tall, 180 pounds. So, you know, these guys getting in his face and in his kitchen, I think makes it a little bit more interesting as far as a series is concerned. Um, but, you know, that, that to me is the big thing. It's going to be the Smith and the ability to defend by the Penguins because the Rangers on the counterattack and their transition game might be the best in the NHL. They might be the fastest team in that on the NHL. And uh, for the Penguins, they have to be ready for it. Now, the last matchup of the MSG got quite chippy there at the end. Uh, you know, we almost saw a little team brawl there and there was push shoving and pushing with Igor waving the, the Penguins team goodbye. What is the lock? Was there any talk in the locker room afterwards of that? matchup of what happened there and obviously do you see it carrying over to game one no one has talked about it but i would be shocked if they're not thinking about it because <laughs> that that could be something that you know you never know someone scores a big goal in this series they might wave at igor it might just light the fire a little bit more that might be some kind of situation that happens i wouldn't be surprised that's what that's kind of what we love about the playoffs right that these storylines there would just be something of a passerby in the course of the regular season all of a sudden explode in the Stanley Cup playoffs and we kind of get gripped by them. And that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it entertaining. So I do think that that could potentially play a role. Uh, but listen, the Penguins were, were embarrassed by how they played at the Garden in those two games. And they have a lot of guys that love going into New York City and playing on Broadway and having the spotlight. Uh, Evgeny Malkin being one of them, obviously Jeff Carter being another, Sidney Crosby, Chris Letang, like the core essentially. And, and these guys, I think, will be ready for this opportunity to go in there uh, Tuesday and Thursday and I think in the Penguins' perspective, just find a way to get a split, right? That's all they're mm -hmm. looking for. They're trying to split those games, send it back to Pittsburgh on even footing, and see what happens from there. So who's the guy? Every postseason is always a guy, a depth player, who steps up and scores a big-time OT goal or something. Who is the guy that Ranger fans can be yelling at after this series that scores a big-time goal? So I have a couple of guys that I've been thinking about with this. One of them Rangers fans know very well. His name is Brian Boyle. Yeah, I can see that uh, happening. Yeah, he's been a he's been a, a big time ad for the Penguins. He put up 20 points this year, which I know some people would scoff at, but he didn't play in the league last year. But he's yeah. 37 years old, and you know Kyle, like his time in New York. Mike Sullivan obviously was there as well. They coincided. Uh, a guy that and yes, I've talked to him. You know, I have a podcast with the Penguins. I did a long form interview with him. We talked a lot about his time in New York. He loved it there. It was the experience of his career, as he put it. Like there was there was no better years of his life than when he was a New York Ranger. Uh, so I think him going back there for the playoffs, having a chance to play in the garden again, when, you know, last year he probably thought it wasn't ever going to happen as far as the NHL, let alone playing a Stanley Cup playoff game. Uh, he's a guy that I would put a, you know, a black Sharpie circle around in this series and say he might have a moment or two left in him. Another guy is Brock McGinn. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's scrappy. He's one of those guys that will get involved in some of the plays after the whistle, but also get involved, involved in the net mouth area too, and maybe think to make things a little bit more difficult on Igor Shesterkin. Tough goals in his career mode. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. 
I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Carolina and double overtime a few years back to eliminate Washington. Uh, so he's had some moments and he's a guy, if you're looking for two guys deeper in the lineup, Boyle and McGinn are two guys that I would highlight. All right. Biggest question. What's your prediction? <laughs> I knew you were going to come at me with this. So <laughs> I, I'm not going to make a prediction. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Uh, I do feel that this is a series where a lot of people are discounting the penguins. And I think that they enjoy being the underdog because they you think about it, being Malkin and Latang and that whole crew, they've never had the underdog label next to their name before. But this is the first time that they are. It would be said for that because yeah. it lets you play a little bit different. I've never really been the favorite. So uh, I, I think that, you know, a lot of things could be put on their butt come Tuesday night once the game ends. But I'm not going to make a prediction, but I, I do think this could be a, a classic, classic black and blue series. I hate the fact that the Rangers are quote unquote the favorites and everyone's picking them. I mean, again, there's a guy named Sidney Crosby on the other side who's got a handful of Stanley Cup rings. I just he scares the crap out of me. The whole team is still the, the solid, like you said, they still have that solid core there that have been so successful. And uh, and obviously the Rangers are quite a young team. So I think experience to be a huge factor, but I do it, I, I would love the Rangers going as the underdog, but like you said, it seems like Pittsburgh's kind of gotten this underdog notion going into the series but it's gonna be a fun one i i think that that chippiness is gonna carry over for that game and it's gonna be an all-out war for seven games and i'm excited i'm sure you're excited to call it yeah i can't wait it's, i will say kyle there there's nothing better than madison square garden being in every building like i love going in there when we locked up playing the rangers in that last game of the season i was pumping my fist you be careful what you wish for obviously <laughs> but that building and that atmosphere, it's tough to beat it. So have just you, from that perspective, can't wait. Have you been there for a playoff game yet? Uh, not for a playoff game, uh, which makes me even more excited and yeah. juiced up. But I, I've been in there, you know, for some crazy moments in the past. And I know it's, there's, it's tough to match from the star power to the atmosphere and just the central location in New York. I'm getting chills while I'm talking to you about it right now. <laughs> it, it's awesome in there. It's first time in five years, a home playoff game at MSG. It's going to be electric. I was getting chills last week watching highlights of five years ago from the team uh, coming yeah. out of the tunnel. So I cannot wait. Uh, Josh, thanks so much for joining us and best luck on the call. And, uh, and thank you so much for taking the time today. Thanks, Kyle. It's great to be with you. Thank you so much to Josh for joining us this week. He joined us right from Penguins uh, practice there before they take off for New York City. So that was great to get him. Uh, to come on the show and talk about his preview for the series and uh, what a great job he's done filling in the footsteps 
of Hall of Fame broadcaster Mike Lang, who uh, for Ranger fans, that's basically their Sam Rosen. Uh, so a guy who's been around, who's with the Penguins program for uh, since the 70s. You know, he finally hung up the uh, the announcer, uh, the, the announcer's mic this last season, and Josh had taken over and done an unbelievable job there. And uh, I cannot thank him enough for coming on. Before we send over to an interview with Matt Venzel, here's a message from our sponsors over at HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to America's gro- to the to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Broadway16 and use the code Broadway16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Uh, that's Broadway16 when you go to HelloFresh.com uh, slash Broadway16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. So go make sure you go take advantage of that. Um, and go check out HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. We're now joined by Pittsburgh Post-Gazette writer Matt Gensel. does a great job covering the Pittsburgh Penguins. So excited to have him on to talk about this first-round series. Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, so, Rangers are back in the playoffs for the first time. Uh, I mean, since the bubble, if you count that, but five years. Penguins have been there 16 straight years. So, uh, you know, you're used to this by now, right? Used to it, yeah. Although, since I started covering the team um, – this is my fourth postseason. They've, they've won three total games. Um, so maybe I'm bad luck for the Penguins, but I grew up in the area. I, I, uh, I've seen the Penguins go through a lot of deep playoff runs, but uh, not with me around covering them. Now, one thing I hate about this series, we just talked about this real quick before you came on, that everyone's picking the Rangers. Right now, the DraftKings or whoever has the odds out there, it seems like it's either you know even or a little slightly edged to the Rangers. But I hate that everyone is, oh, the Rangers are going to walk away with the series. The Pittsburgh Penguins still got a guy named Sidney Crosby on their team who scares the crap out of me. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to look for potential edges for the Penguins, I mean, I'm of the camp that I believe the Rangers are the favorites. But, yeah, I mean, I think one significant edge for the Penguins is obviously that Crosby guy, but just their experience in general. Um, you know, they've they've been through plenty of playoff series. They haven't won one since 2018. But I do think that experience – um, with those guys and also the coaching with Mike Sullivan, I, I think that is one advantage in the Penguins' favor, not to take anything away from Gerard Galland, who's a heck of a coach too. But, you know, I think if the Penguins are looking for bright spots, that's one of a few right now because they've really sputtered down the stretch. I was say so they spread down the stretch. They, they're 5-4-1 and one their last 10, uh, but really the last 20 games have not been too great for Pittsburgh. Obviously, they battle injuries and some other issues there. Uh, so what's this team's attitude going into this postseason like? How, what's the feeling around Pittsburgh? Are people excited for this team? Or are they like, oh, you know what? They made the playoffs, but maybe they're not going to go too far. I think it's the latter. I, I don't think there's a ton of optimism right now. Um, you combine that with the fact that the Steelers just picked a quarterback who went to University <laughs> of Pittsburgh. Like, no one is talking about the Penguins right now. Um, yeah, I mean, they just, you said it. it. They've really struggled over the last 20 plus games or so. I mean, the last time they beat a playoff team in regulation, uh, or, or since March 13th, they've beaten one playoff team in regulation. So, yeah. um, and that includes, a, a, you know, three losses to the Rangers. So, yeah, there's not a ton of external optimism in Pittsburgh. Um, the Penguins, obviously, as we just said, are a veteran group. I mean, I think they're of the belief that they think they can flip the switch. Um, maybe that's naive or maybe they can, but um, 
you know, they, they certainly have not powered into the postseason. There's been a lot of bad habits that have, have been here. And I think that could be a, a byproduct of the fact that, like, look, we knew three months ago, like, which teams were going to make the playoffs in the East. And, and I'm sure the Rangers have dealt with a little bit of this, too. It's been a weird year where, like, in January, it's like, okay, we know who the playoff teams are. Yeah. So you do wonder if a veteran group kind of just went on cruise control. I personally think there's some aspects of – the game that you can't just flip a switch like puck management decision making things like that but you know we'll see um if the penguins are able to do it and kind of kick it into gear here against the rangers yeah i feel like not too long ago was the rain the penguins were ahead of the rangers in the standings and they were kind of like like you said it was we knew who was in now it's just jockeying for position and i was like all right well do you want to get home ice here and then all of a sudden the rangers kind of took off and pittsburgh fell off a little bit there but the rangers regular season against the penguins obviously they did quite well three and one outscored them eleven to three um, what are your takeaways in the regular season matchups with the Rangers? Like, obviously not much that kind of goes out the window in the postseason. Maybe there's some confidence on the Rangers side, but what's your takeaways from the regular season matchups? Yeah. I mean, I, I think they were pretty, pretty evenly matched games for the most part. Um, a couple of the losses that the Penguins had one game, they were without Sidney Crosby, the, the last game in MSG there, another game and they're without Malkin. Um, you know, but all teams deal with injuries. I mean, I think the biggest takeaway as far as the Penguins are concerned is that, you know, they had a hard time scoring a Shesterkin. And I think he, I, I mean, we're not supposed to say who we voted for the Hart Trophy, um, but we'll say that uh, I thought Shesterkin was the most valuable player in the league. Um, so, yeah, and I think the, the Penguins saw the same thing. I mean, they scored four goals on him in the series, only or the season series, only one at even strength. Um, and really, three of the goals, they had to get traffic and tips to get them by them. So to me, the biggest takeaway is that even though I think these teams should be pretty evenly matched, at least at five on five, I think Shesterkin is, uh, you know, they have a decided edge in goaltending. And I would have felt that way even if Tristan Jari was 100% rolling. So um, I do think it'll be a tight series. But, um, you know, I think even if the Penguins rediscover their game, um, Shesterkin is still capable of stealing it for the Rangers anyways. So you brought up Tristan Jari. Now they already announced that he's going to be out games one and two. Is there an optimism that he could be back for this series? Obviously, I don't think he's even skated yet, right? No, he is not, as far as we know, skated. Um, the Penguins have been pretty tight-lipped about him. Actually, I was kind of surprised on Sunday when Mike Sullivan conceded that he wouldn't be available for the two games in New York because Sullivan hasn't said anything. But but yeah, my, my coworker Mike DeFabo reported you know, almost three weeks ago now that he broke his foot four to six week timetable. Um, so yeah, the expectation all along was that Tristan wouldn't be available in this series or at least no way it could be at hundred percent. I mean, we'll see, you know, maybe if they lose a couple games here and he gets on the ice, they, they push him back out there. Um, but yeah, they're going to turn to Casey to Smith, who is kind of has a, uh, I mean, this guy played in the ECHL. He was undrafted. He really kind of climbed the ladder um, through hard work, but, um, you know, I don't know if he's a guy that's capable of, 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 you know, going safe or save with Shesterkin. So it'll be an interesting matchup, um, there, but yeah, I, I, I would maybe be a little bit surprised if we saw Jari in the series. I mean, maybe if it goes six or seven games, but I, I'm not expecting him to see him. And because as you noted, he hasn't been on the ice. You kind of yeah. need to, to stop some pucks and practice before you can play in games, especially with a broken foot. You got to get, especially for a goalie with a broken foot, getting hit there mechanically, you know, having all set there too. And the, obviously pushing off is one of the biggest things. And Igor is kind of revolutionized that with his goaltending skill. 
uh, the pushing off and the edge work that he does. Uh, Casey DeSmith. So, I mean, he's played well since Jari's been out since was April 14th. He's got a 948 percentage. So he has played well for the Penguins. And, um, you know, obviously that'll be a, a huge talking point for this series if they do fall behind, if Jari can come back. Uh, Sidney Crosby, guys got 84 points in 69 games this year. I mean, he's a machine. I, I think he can play until he's 50 and put up a point per game. It's insane. He's a Ranger killer. Um, I, I, that's why I hate, you know, Gensel's got 40 goals. Latang's still Latang. Malkin had a point per game. I think Russ scores a goal every time they play the Rangers, it seems like. So that, that crew is still there, um, which is, for a Ranger fan, is still scary. But uh, when you look at this team now, like, what's the keys for them to win the series, like who's who's going to be the star of the series for them? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think if you look at the top end talent, I think these two teams are pretty similar, in, including, you know, the Adam Fox and Chris Letang parallel. Um, right now, I mean, I, I think one edge for the Rangers is their forward depth. I mean, they've gotten a lot more juice from their bottom six. I know the, the trade deadline pickups, they um, got really helped them. Whereas the Penguins in the first half of the season, when they dealt with a ton of injuries and illnesses, I mean, you had guys like Evan Rodriguez and Dan Heining really kind of giving them a boost to keep them afloat in the first half. And now we've seen the bottom six and these depth players not really making much of an impact. So I, I think that puts a lot of pressure on the top line of Gensel, Crosby, and Rust. I, I do think those guys have a chance to be effective against the Rangers with their cycle game. Um, but I think the one key to the series is going to be these support players. And I think you can include Malkin as well. Um, he's done a lot of his damage on the power play. Um, he's been inconsistent at five on five and the Penguins have kind of been desperately trying to get him going at five on five, kind of cycling his wingers. Um, it looks like we'll see Ricard Raquel, the trade deadline pick up next to Malkin. So I think for me, um, the Penguins want to roll lines, get in on the forecheck, play with energy. Um. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me, I have been his patient for more than 20 years, and he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. A lot of teams want to do that, but um, that's that's a that's a core tenet of how Mike Sullivan wants to play. Um, so I'm looking at the, that forward depth, um, really the bottom nine um, is, is something that can make or break the Penguins in this series. 
And the Rangers have had some issues five on five score, and they've been better since the trade deadline. Like you said, with the depth that they did acquire, uh, but it's been their power play has really powered them this whole year, you know, a top three power play. Uh, but the Penguins are also a very good penalty killing team. Uh, so that could be a major uh, standoff in the series. If the Rangers can't score on the power play, uh, that could be a huge advantage for the Penguins as well. Yeah, absolutely. The, the PK has kind of sputtered a little bit down the stretch, just like the rest of the team. They allowed six power play goals in the final four games. But yeah, third in the NHL and PK, um, a lot going for them. They like the pressure uh, on the PK. They're, they're, they're one of the league's more aggressive teams in terms of that. Not so much in shorthanded opportunities and going the other way, but they – they use their speed and their energy to, to pressure pucks. So that'll be an interesting matchup to watch there. They also, they don't take a lot of penalties. I mean, the Penguins were second in the league in penalties taken um, in, in a good way. So if they are able to stay out of the box, um, that could potentially take the Rangers power play off the table as well. Uh, the last matchup was quite chippy. Obviously, we saw almost a uh, WHA type brawl at center ice following the game. On that was fun. That, that was, was fun. all. I was at the game. I, I recorded the, the Igor wave that kind of went viral there uh, uh, from the seats. Was, was there any talk about that after the game on the team? Or like, was there any discussion about Igor waving the team off? Like, you think that'll be added? Uh, I'm sure they fouled it away. I mean, they, they're a veteran group. Um, they didn't say a ton about it after the game, but yeah, I'm sure they, they filed that one away, but yeah, that was funny. Cause I was at MSG and I'm like, send my story, click send. I'm hustling to the elevator to try to get down to the locker rooms. And I'm like, why is everybody cheering? What's going on here? So I peek out. I'm like, Oh, that's what's happening. So yeah, it just, uh, I, I thought that was a nice little, uh, like, you know, exclamation point on the season series. And, you know, selfishly as someone who loves hockey i'm happy that this is the ultimate playoff matchup because that's a juicy little subplot going in oh yeah i mean as soon as i was like when i left i was like this is gonna be an old war this all i mean if they like use a veteran team like they're gonna lock that away that that's in the bulletin board going into msg probably talking about the flight over there now uh you know i'm sure game one in a playoff series obviously it's always you know the emotions always running high but two teams that now have a history from this regular season of going at each other should be a lot of fun. And uh, I, I guess looking at this playoff series, the Pittsburgh Penguins will win the series. If what happens. If Casey DeSmith is solid and maybe steals a game. Um, if they're able to get Malkin going at five on five. And then if their power play can take over the series. I mean, they, they have tons of talent on the power play. I know they finished like 18th or 19th or something like that, but um, you know, they've had some spurts throughout the year where they were absolutely dominant. So, you know, I, I think if they can kind of keep it lower event at five on five, which, you know, the Rangers in terms of their scoring at five on five seems to be more quality over quantity in terms of chancing chances. Um, you know, I, I think if they're able to kind of keep the series close, get to Shostakhin a little bit, and then, let their the veteran leadership and tangibles and things like that take over. Like, you know, if this goes to game seven at MSG, um, the Penguins are an excellent road team. I, I think they would like their chances. So, you know, I, I think if they can keep it close, buckle down, um, I think we're going to have a competitive series. But like I said, I, I picked the Rangers to win in, in six or seven games. And then uh, it always happens in the postseason, some depth guy that scores a big time goal in over OT or something. Who's the depth player on Pittsburgh that Ranger fans will be cursing at the end of the series? Well, Jeff Carter. I mean, I, I know Rangers fans are, are probably well familiar. Already with him know. From yeah. his time, in, <laughs> time in Philly. Um, 
but yeah, I think Carter is one guy who has the potential to score some big goals. Um, last year in the playoffs, he was one of their best players against the Islanders. Um, he's really had a quiet second half of the season. I think part of it is, is they've shuffled the line so much due to injuries and things like that, that he hasn't really settled in next alignments. But I mean, he's a gamer, 400 goal scorer in his career, won a couple of cups with the Kings. I think he's one guy that um, is probably going to score a couple of big goals in this series if the Penguins win. I like your prediction of the Rangers, obviously, in the six or seven. That's great. But again, it scares the crap of me seeing Sidney Crosby as a quote unquote underdog against the Rangers. Uh, you know, I, I, we've been burned too many times by him in the past. Yeah, well, if if it makes you feel any better, I think I picked them to win their previous three playoff series that they lost. So I, <laughs> I've given the Penguins bulletin board fodder. They, they saw that I wrote that they were underdogs and they're going to use that to, to go all the way to the Cubs. So. <laughs> well, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a great series and um, maybe we'll catch up with you later on in the postseason. You got it. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks so much. Thank you so much to Matt again for joining us before he makes his drive out to New York City for game one of the playoff series uh again two awesome guests matt and josh i cannot thank them enough for coming on and i hope that uh, ranger fans got a good look from the pittsburgh standpoint of uh, what the keys to the series are and uh basically you know what to expect from uh, both these teams and i think you know tristan jaris gave you the story of the series if he'll play at all obviously casey DeSmith has filled in uh pretty good since uh jaris gone down but his season overall hasn't been a tremendously good year so we'll see the goalie matchup obviously is uh, tilted towards the Rangers there, but you know, there's uh, three Stanley Cup rings on Crosby's uh, hand right now, and I think you can never count him and Malkin and uh, Latang out, and obviously Getzel's got 40 goals this year, and Russ has got you know almost a point per game. So Pittsburgh still has a lot of unbelievable players on their side, but this should be a great series, and it'll be interesting to see how chippy it gets after that. Uh, last game at MSG with Igor waving the Penguins goodbye. Will Igor wave them goodbye again, or will Pittsburgh get their uh, get their revenge? Personally, my prediction for the series is Rangers in six. Um, I just I don't see how a team can beat Igor Shosturkin, especially the Penguins, uh, four times in a series. I'm gonna go with the Rangers in six in the series. And uh, it was interesting to see Matt also pick the Rangers. And Josh did not pick any team, although he's very confident in his uh, Penguins going forward. So have to respect him from refraining. Obviously, he'll be calling the games. Uh, but, you know, obviously he didn't back down from the uh, Penguins having a chance to win that series. So should be an incredible opening round. I hope everyone enjoyed uh, the season preview or the uh, playoff preview here going in to game one Tuesday night at MSG. Crowds gave me electric. I cannot wait for playoff hockey to be back. And make sure you check out the show. We'll be following along, obviously, this series and, and everything going on with the Rangers. Follow the show on uh, at Broadway Hat Pod uh, on Twitter, my personal account at KHallNY. Follow the show on, on um, Instagram and Facebook at the Broadway Hat Podcast. You can find the podcast on all podcasting networks. Make sure you go and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a nice five star review there. A dollar is donated for every five-star review to Alex's Lemonade Foundation helping fight pediatric cancer. So please go on there, take a moment, leave a five-star review, um, subscribe to the show, and help an amazing cause. Thank you to all of our listeners who have already done that. We've raised almost $70 so far for the organization. You can also find the show on Spotify. Please leave us a five-star review there on Spotify and follow the show there. You can find the show on Spreaker, Pandora, um, anywhere you get your podcast, you can find the show there. And uh, let's go Rangers, and uh, I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. The playoff run has started, and the Rangers are back in the playoffs. (laughs) 
Bruins. You have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started Betfred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetfredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.